Hey everybody and welcome back to BRIM, a global community at the intersection of climate innovation and justice. Today we have the pleasure of hearing from Imani Sinek, who is a part of Nos Kadamos in the South Bronx in a neighborhood called Melrose. They are doing incredible work across so many different areas, but when we think about community ownership, self-determination, food, water, land, air, they're doing it all. But I'll let Amani tell everyone more about that herself. Hope everyone enjoys. Thanks for being here. Great. Well, today I have an amazing honor to be speaking with Imani Sinek. And did I pronounce that correctly? Did I do okay there? Yeah, I pronounce it different ways throughout my life, so it's okay. fine. Um, well, I've had the the pleasure of getting to know Imani over the last only few months or so, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Met at the, the Urban Future Lab um showcase event Sh shout out to urban future lab here in, in brooklyn um but since then amani and i have gotten to to know each other a little bit and um i'm a huge fan of her work with nos kadamos which um we'll get much more into but amani how are you doing today thanks to you uh for joining us i'm doing pretty well i'm excited to be here cool um well i thought you know just to start out um, I'd love to invite you to share a little bit about yourself and let people know who you are, um, you know, where you come from, maybe how you, how you got to be working with, with Nos Kadamos today. But, um, if that, if that makes sense to you, I'll sort of give you the floor and, um, let you tell your story. Yeah. Um, so I know you mentioned my name. I'm from St. Lucia. So like it was ruled by the French in a while back I, I don't remember the history um but I do know yeah so that's where the name kind of comes from it it's pronounced Cenac in French Got it. Uh, but like I said I just I just say it however <laughs> um I think I got into climate justice I thought it was because like in high school I was thinking okay it's because I'm missing home my home country and like as I got more experiences I realized I think it's just because I I got to see other people with privileges of like <clears throat> being surrounded by nature and being in quote-unquote healthy environments yeah um because growing up like I lived in the Bronx and surrounded by you know all these buildings not much place to play when I was little um you know I would go to this school down the block it, it wasn't really like there was a big difference between my middle school and my high school because I went to high school in the Bronx and I went to middle high I went to middle school <laughs> I'm sorry I went to middle school in the Bronx and I went to high school in Manhattan and gotcha. As you can imagine, there was a very big difference in the kind of people that I was surrounded by. Um, 
and not because it was bad people it's just because of the the things that they were exposed to I think that yep. really different life experiences yeah, yeah I definitely resonate with that I went to like I went to a private school for like middle school and then went to a public high school in New York after that and similarly you just you know you encounter people from different parts of and different walks of life um, mm -hmm. based on different scenarios and um, it's interesting to have that combination of of experiences too yeah. uh, but sorry to interrupt yeah go ahead oh, no you're good you're good <laughs> um so yeah that just I in those two experiences I got to see how I felt you know in both situations both environments <laughs> um and I realized that I liked the you know the calm simple life even though it's not that simple because <laughs> it requires like you see having money makes it a little bit easier so that kind of lifestyle for some reason yeah <laughs> I feel like I'm going off <laughs> no I mean what you're saying makes a lot of sense and it it, yeah. it speaks to a lot of what people think about when they talk about climate justice right is that you have different levels of justice based on a lot of times it's how affluent the neighborhood is mm -hmm. or like you talk about like the quality of the air in New York like that, that changes neighborhood to neighborhood based on many times like how rich that neighborhood is um, and so people grow up with very different experiences based on their community and where they grew up and um, you know unfortunately in the capitalist world <laughs> a lot of that ties back to where the money is um, so I, I, I'm curious, are you, you grew up in the Bronx, um, went to high school in Manhattan, um, and but now you're back in the Bronx, right? Yes. So how did, how did you get back to the Bronx and um, sort of, and maybe uh, curious also how you found Nos Kadamos, was they, were they also an organization that you were, you know, always familiar with? Because I know they've been in, in Melrose in the community for, for decades now, for a long time. Yeah, they have. Um, I don't know if I should relate this back to my story, but sure. So going back from, you know, I went, I was in college and I had my interest in food justice. I was in my senior year and I that, that was last year. And <laughs> I was really interested in just getting some kind of experience in a organization that focus on food justice as well, or, you know, something related to getting involved in community gardens, because that kind of, that can relate to food justice. Food, community gardens have been known to provide food to the, um, the nearby community. So yeah, I, I really wanted to do something like that. And I saw this posting online that Nos Quedamos, you know, had, and it was for a youth organizer position. And they really stressed like being connected with community gardens. And I really liked that because I, I thought like, especially after my studies in college, I did a lot of um, 
research on the South Bronx and the health disparities that are faced here. And a lot of them were, you know, food insecurity based. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. You know, there's a lot of community gardens in the South Bronx, but this is still a big problem. So I, Hmm. that even drew me in a little bit more to join and see, you know, how I can help, what the issue was and, you know, just, yeah. Very cool. Experience. <laughs> and I, I, that, so that was what you were working on with, with Noskadamas over COVID too, right? Was that sort of community garden project or am I, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. So I think COVID, it was in fall of 2021. So Got it. COVID was, it's still a thing. COVID is still here, but it's not, it wasn't in the height of the crisis. No. Gotcha. So you graduated from college. You had been thinking about sort of food justice, particularly with how it was sort of related to to different communities in the South Bronx. I also love you said something about, you know, these community gardens and, you know, food justice. It wasn't just about food insecurity, but it was also about health disparities, too, and sort of these intersectional focuses between communities um it hits on so many different types of things um but yeah I'm, I'm curious what did what did you learn when you started to to dig more into the community garden space um you know were there some some specific outcomes that you found or what, what did you start to learn as you as you dug in I pause because I'm still learning <laughs> a lot yeah I'm still learning, um, like, as I got into the work as a youth organizer and then I moved up to assisting youth leader and all of that, I, um, and then now to resiliency organizer, I am still in the process, or we are still in the process, and those get almost as a collective, of trying to still, um, establish or not establish but we have a base level but just to strengthen the relationship with the nearby community members yeah Um, so like you know we've been doing a lot of engagement work events with the youth team and just brainstorming of how we can get people to see our cause but also to connect it back to their lives because you know these are things that they're dealing with on a daily basis um so we've been like you know I've been trying to get I've got in contact with um Lincoln Hospital and they were able to you know come bring some supplies on diabetes management um nutrition for diabetes management um uh blood 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 pressure monitoring (laughs) Um, and a few other things. Those are, you know, some of the big issues, health issues that are faced here in the South Bronx. And, you know, there are a few others, as we know, but um, those are the ones that they were able to provide information on. So very cool. I'm, I'm learning 
because I already knew like it was a it was an issue. Um, but I'll say I'm learning some ways that because that's like food injustice is a difficult thing to mm -hmm. a, a difficult issue to uh, to treat to to solve. So I'm learning that there's a way that you have to go about it for certain communities, certain people, mm -hmm. so that they can adopt, um, yes, adopt a quote unquote healthier <laughs> lifestyle. Um, and a lot of it is education, it seems like, yeah. too, around engaging the community enough to be able to actually get them in, involved with the community garden, but then also probably teaching about why why it's beneficial to them, you know, how it can help in certain ways. Um, it's sort of, I feel like education in the community is always <laughs> a huge piece of any program um, and why it's so important for organizations to be from the communities where they're working, mm -hmm. right? Um, so you can build that, build that trust as well. Yes, that's what Nuske almost is prided, prided itself on for almost 30 years now, 25 years we're reaching. Um, and, you know, we have been pushing at this or Nuske almost has been pushing at this. I'm just joining, but I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And congratulations on your new role. So just to, to back up quickly, so you started as a youth organizer um, sort of in fall 2021 after graduation, and then a few months ago, right? It was This is very recent. Uh, yeah, in July. July, awesome. So you're now the full a full-time organizer for Nos Kadamos. Um, and I think technically it's the resilience, resiliency organizer is the yeah. title. Okay, cool. So tell me what that means. And maybe that, maybe that leads well into sort of the the resiliency hubs that you're working on, which um, I, I really want people to learn more about. So um, yeah, go for it. I'd love to hear more. Yeah, so, um, you know, my position came about as they were working on the, working on getting <clears throat> the resiliency hubs into community gardens to help in times of crisis, but also just everyday life things. Um, I want to go into the nitty gritty of like what is in the resiliency hubs. Sure. But um, I feel like I should also explain resilience. So in this, you know, Great. context, resilience is that you have this community here and, you know, so much has been thrown at them and you just want to be able to provide some kind of support, not support in the way that like you're just giving them some something, some solution that's going to help in the moment and not so much long term. You want a long term solution that will be sustainable, that they can contribute to and have, you know, contribute their ideas to also and be able to understand and change as they see fit. So that is resilience in this context. Um, awesome. And resiliency hubs, going back to that, it's really just a little 
not little, it's big. <laughs> um, <laughs> this pavilion, so it's like a tent kind of thing. Um, and it has solar, solar panels on the top and these gutters that will collect water um, for stormwater management, you know, so. Great. Yeah. And then the last component that all of them will have is broadband that will be powered by the solar. Um, so it'll be a place where in a time of crisis, you know, people can go. If we need to include a refrigerator, people can go there to refrigerate their, um, you know, if you have medicine that needs to be refrigerated, you can go there and do that so that your medicine doesn't go bad. Um, you can awesome. go there, you know, or even gardens can use the the water supply to water their crops because I know water is very expensive for the gardens. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, if you just want to go outside on a regular day, you can use the Wi-Fi, just sit down, do work, you know, or sit down, hang out with friends. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're trying to figure out the the in betweens of everything right now, um, like how that would work. But for now, we're seeing it as a definite use of crisis uh, management. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Well, it's such a cool concept, and I'm not sure if if you're open to this, but I know there's that um, that virtual mock up or design of like the visual of what you're thinking about, um, which would you, would you be open to sharing that afterwards with folks, like the website to it? Is that public information? The design of the resiliency hub? Yeah. I'm not sure if that's solidified yet. So okay. I can see if we have one and I can share it with you. Then I'll... Okay, cool. I mean, I conceptually, I just, I love how so many different pieces of like climate justice are intersecting there because you have you know these community gardens which are sort of on the food side but then you have you're creating solar energy <laughs> so you have clean energy plus that's feeding into you know actually powering internet services which is a huge I feel like especially if you're from like a rich neighborhood in New York you overlook your internet access all the time you just take it for granted but not everyone has access to high-speed internet, and that is incredibly important in today's day and age of of working and um, and making a living too. But then I also love you could bring fridges and do like community uh, refrigerators or even cooling medicines, um, stormwater runoff to help feed back in. So there, anyway, I I think it's such a cool model um, and excited to um to see how it evolves um i know one of the groups we've been talking about is block power <laughs> and they see community climate justice in the same way where they're they're creating you know clean energy um to retrofit buildings that have been you know for for centuries very energy inefficient and unhealthy but they've also been doing this huge broadband initiative to try to bring high-speed internet into specific communities too. So um, clearly a lot of really important intersections there and very exciting, but um, 
I know one of the other. Yeah, you go, you go. go. (laughs) I also wanted to mention, you know, um, a lot of like the one of the issues that we've realized in the youth team also is the lack of um, technology access or access to, you know, just knowing how to use technology. I feel like a lot of the community members um, are a little bit disconnected. So with the resiliency help, we're planning to do workshops and, you know, that's a potential thing that we can discuss how to use this equipment for the resiliency hub as well as technology you know just familiarizing community with how to use these things so that in a time of crisis or just to you know strengthen their skills um that's something that they can have on their tool belt yeah awesome and now a few times i've heard i've heard you mention this uh this youth team so I'll ask about that next. I know that's in addition to being sort of resiliency organizer, the youth team is one of your big initiatives and um, you know, something that you're spending a lot of time on. So uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about the youth team and um, maybe how it's how it sort of came together, but then also like what are your big goals for the team going into next year? Um would love to learn more about how you're thinking thinking through that. Yeah, so the youth team came about in 2021. Um, I was not the leader. It was uh, Carmen Vasquez. She was the leader for the the last cohort of the youth team, and you know she's still here. She's still supporting us. She's yeah. a great help. I will say, Carmen's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's amazing. Um, she worked with Jessica and our social work director, Ellie, to, you know, they were talking about the, the rooftop garden that they have in the EJ building, one of our co-owned buildings currently. And they really wanted to use this space in the garden. Um, so they they made a plan and they wanted to incorporate youth work, the youth perspective into this project. So that's where the team idea came about. And cool. I'm say, I'm sure there are more details to the story, but that's what I have so far. Um, yeah. And I came about, you know, as you know, I was a youth organizer, came about to be assistant youth leader. And, you know, those were because my passion for the project really filmed through. I think it's so great that you're incorporating young people into the movement around Nos Kadamos as well, because I I know from speaking to Jessica and, um, you know, supporting the next generation of folks into this work and into this movement is so important for Noskadamos in general, that um, it seems like you're doing a great job being a leader for for helping organize that. How many people are on the youth team as of now? As of right now, we have three youth leaders on the youth team. Um, Our team has shrunk since last year, but I will say we are still a mighty team. They are showing their leadership skills in excellent ways. And 
we're really we're really accomplishing a lot as a team that's great yeah and do you think most the youth team is doing a lot of the outreach into the community i've heard you mention that a few times when you know if you're planning workshops or i think you're even creating some some gift bags today some giveaway bags um it seems like the youth are really sort of at the forefront of being in touch with different people educating folks bringing them into the programs um is that part of how you're thinking about it too yeah they're all honing into their own personal skills to contribute what they can to this project and all of them are showing interest in the environmental justice part of it because that's the key part of the project um showing interest in the gardening aspects but also you know the just passion for the work that we're doing because they're all familiar with the community. So we had two of them living here in the community. One of them went to school here. So they're all pretty familiar with what goes on. And yeah. Very cool. Well, Amani, you've been so gracious with your time already. I know you have a lot of other stuff to to do even today, but I, I'm curious with a, a final question or two here. Um, what you see coming down the pike in the future, and maybe this is next year, or maybe it's many years down the road, but with all the things that you're working on at, at Nos Kadamos, um, where do you hope to see things evolve? Um, are there, you know, with how the programs are developing, et cetera, et cetera. I'm curious where um, where the future will take you guys. I'm hoping that we can establish a con- more consistent trust from the community and more community members to just be engaged and to be, you know, it's hard because a lot of people, especially right now, everybody's going through a lot and we're finding it's easier just to stay in our little bubble of solitude. Um, But with the future of NQ, I'm hoping that we can evolve that a little bit more and spend more time in community so that we can create a space where we can all share our vision and, you know, have that be the future of NQ have the vision of the community be the vision for our organization. Yeah. That's perfectly said. And I'm, I'm so excited for, for people to, to start to learn more about what Nos Kadamos is working on. Their abbreviation is NQ. So if you hear us saying NQ a lot, that's what we're talking about. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and while you guys are, are so hyper-focused in the Bronx and Melrose, the South Bronx, I also think it's a model that a lot of other communities can learn from and and replicate in their own ways right so i even though it's very focused and you know it's only in one place right now i i see it as something that hopefully can be in many different parts of the country but also the world too Mm -hmm. um you know anything from the community gardens to these resiliency hubs creating solar energy and internet to these community land trusts which we didn't talk even too much about today but Um, We can send out some links about how your group is actually creating, you know, co-owned 
housing for multiple families that's generating, you know, uh, generational wealth that is being really incredible to, to see evolve over time, um, in Melrose. So, um, I know Amani, you've been a big part of making all of that happen and, and will continue to, to be so. So, um, thank you for taking the time to walk us through some of that. <laughs> of course. Thanks for inviting me. Cool. Happy that we can share this, uh, information out to everybody in our network. Same here. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. And, um, thanks again for jumping on with us. Thank you, Thomas. We'll be